We read the word of the Lord this evening in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians 3. Our text will be the first seven verses of Ephesians 3, which we will not reread. Ephesians 3, verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he may known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he had purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Thus far we read God's holy and inerrant words. May God bless the reading of the Holy Scriptures unto our hearts. We consider the text this evening, verses 1 through 7 of Ephesians chapter 3, we consider the text under the theme, the mystery of Christ. Mystery of Christ spoken of in verse 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. 
And again in verse 4, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Mystery of Christ. First we'll see this mystery as it was revealed to Paul. Second, revealed to Gentiles. And then third, revealed by God. Before we can understand that this mystery was revealed unto Paul, we first must know something about what is this mystery that is spoken of repeatedly throughout this text. What comes to mind when we think of a mystery? Mystery includes something that is unknown to us, something that presently is hidden from us, and something then that must be discovered. If there's something mysterious, then there's something that we don't understand about it, and so we seek to understand that unknown element of it. Our nature, because we are curious, our natures are inclined unto mysteries, so long as the mystery does not hurt us. That's why children enjoy reading books about mysteries because our natures are inclined to things that we don't understand and we like to find the answer or the resolution to the mystery. But at other times, mysteries can be frustrating if we cannot find the answer to a problem. At other times, mysteries are not only frustrating unto us, but mysteries can be a trying time for us. If there's an answer that we are seeking in our lives, but God doesn't give us the answer to the mystery. There's a child who evidently has an illness, But the doctors cannot figure out what is the cause of that illness, then that can be a very trying and difficult time for mother and for father. Now, this text speaks not just generally of mysteries, but it speaks specifically of the mystery of Christ. Verse 4 Whereby when ye read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. So this is a mystery then that comes of Christ. It's a mystery that has its origin in Jesus Christ. But as well, this is a mystery regarding Jesus Christ. The mystery is Jesus The mystery is our Savior in all of His riches and in all of His glory. The Word of God teaches us that the mystery is Christ. Colossians, Colossians 1, verses 26 and 27. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is 
Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the mystery. Our Savior, Jesus Christ. Who can comprehend Christ? Who can comprehend the fact that He who was with God in the beginning, He who is God, He who is uncreated, He who is everlasting, was made flesh and was born of a woman. Who can comprehend the fact that He who was sinless, He who was free from ever violating any one of God's commandments, yet for your sakes became sin. We can adore the truth and be thankful for the truth of Christ, but who can comprehend the mystery Christ? Who can understand the invisible operations of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ in our hearts? One moment we are troubled and distressed, and then we pray unto God, and there's peace that passes understanding in our hearts. And who can explain it? Christ. Christ is the mystery. 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen of angels, preached on in the world, received up into glory. That the mystery is Christ teaches us something, does it not, about the pathway of salvation that the Lord has ordained for us. If the pathway of salvation is in and through Jesus Christ and Christ is the mystery then this means for you, beloved, that you're not going to understand everything about that pathway of salvation that God has appointed for you. There are going to be times where you do not understand why God leads you through the valley of the shadow of death. There will be times where you do not understand why God puts this or that heavy burden in your life. There will be times where you do not understand why God works the way that He does in your children and in your great-grandchildren. If the mystery is Jesus Christ and Jesus is sovereign in salvation, then that means there are times where we do not understand why God saves the people that He does save. And on the other hand, why God does not save Others who are passed over. Why is there evidence of faith in this family member? There's no evidence of faith in that family member. God's ways are beyond our ways. The prophet Isaiah proclaimed, 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Oftentimes when we cannot understand the way that the Lord has set for us, we become frustrated. And then when the way of the Lord impacts us personally, we find it to be a time of trial in our, in our lives. We need to be reminded again and again of the mystery of Christ. There are certain things that we do not, and for as long as we remain upon this earth, we never will comprehend. This mystery of Jesus Christ was revealed unto the Apostle Paul. The text speaks of that, verse 2 and 3 and 7 as well. Verse 2, if you, the Gentiles, have heard of the dispensation of grace, that's the administration or the stewardship of grace. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which has given me to you, word, how that by revelation he, God, may known unto me the mystery. God made the mystery known unto Paul, and God made the mystery known unto him by revelation. Revelation. Divine revelation happened in one of two ways at this time in history. It was happened either by God's voice or by a vision. It happened either by God speaking unto the Apostle Paul or by God appearing unto the Apostle Paul. God as the transcendent Lord is capable of revealing himself however he pleases. God could have revealed himself to Paul by his thunderous voice or God could have revealed himself by a still small voice. God could have revealed himself unto Paul by grand visions of the glories of heaven, or the Lord could have revealed this mystery unto Paul in something as simple as a blade of grass. And yet the wisdom of God was that he was pleased to reveal, give this revelation unto the Apostle Paul, especially by visions and by God speaking unto the Apostle. Oftentimes, God used both means of revelation to make known this mystery unto Paul, by both appearing unto him and speaking unto him at the same time. Consider the conversion of the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road. There, there suddenly appeared unto him this bright light, so bright that it left Paul blinded for a while. But then at the same time, there was the voice that spoke unto Paul, saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Later on, when the Apostle Paul received the call to bring the gospel into Europe, another revelation from God, 
Then he saw at that time a vision of a man standing there. But then that vision of the man standing there was accompanied by the words, Come over into Macedonia and help us. What an unspeakable gift was given unto the Apostle Paul that it was given unto him to know the mystery of Jesus Christ. It was a gift of grace that was given unto Paul. The text emphasizes that. Verse 2, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me, Verse 7, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God. That it was a gift of God's grace unto the Apostle Paul indicates that the Apostle did not deserve to have the knowledge of this mystery of Jesus Christ. God would have done no injustice to the Apostle Paul by leaving Paul ignorant of the mystery of Christ. The Apostle Paul did not, did not deserve to receive to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and as his Savior. The Apostle Paul, according to his own confession, was the chief of sinners. He had persecuted the early New Testament church. He had despised the instruction of Jesus Christ as Jesus Christ spoke through the early apostles. And yet God in His grace gave unto Paul the knowledge of the mystery of Christ. And as God gave that knowledge of the mystery of Christ unto Paul, that knowledge changed him. It left him a transformed man. He was permanently changed. He was a man who was now convicted of his sins. A man who was humbled by the knowledge of Jesus Christ. A man who was brought to the foot of the cross where he beheld his Lord and his Savior. A man who was given strength by the knowledge of the mystery of Jesus Christ that he could be faithful even as a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the Gentiles. But it wasn't just on a personal level that the Apostle Paul was impacted by this knowledge of the revelation of the mystery. It also changed Paul in his work. You see, God had called Paul to a special position in the church. God had called Paul to be a minister. The seventh verse states that, whereof I was made a minister. Paul was given a special position where he was to bring the word of God unto God's people. But for him to be able 
to bring the words of the Lord unto his people, he needed to be equipped. God, in giving unto Paul this administration, this dispensation of the grace of God, giving unto him by revelation the knowledge of the mystery of Christ, God equipped Paul for that work. Earlier, Paul was ignorant of the mystery of Christ, and thus Paul could not have preached as a minister about Jesus Christ. Apart from God's gracious intervention in the life of Paul, Paul would have lived his entire lifetime as Saul, the persecutor of the Christians. But God would not remain, God would not permit Saul to remain in that state, but God made him a minister and gave unto him that knowledge of the revelation so that he would be able then to go forth and bring God's word unto the Gentiles. There is a change that occurred in Paul, not just personally, but also with regard to his calling. We take note of this, beloved, because this change that occurred in the Apostle Paul is a change that occurs in every minister whom God calls to preach. As a denomination of churches, we are presently facing a shortage of ministers. We have prayed regularly that God would give unto us more men fit for the gospel ministry. And one of the more commonly heard objections when a young man is asked if he is considering entering the ministry is this objection I am not able to do it and I am not able to do it because I do not have a sufficient knowledge of the word of God there is no way that I could stand up in front of the congregation and speak for 30, 40 minutes or longer about the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And so it is that ignorance of the Word of God is a commonly heard objection into the gospel ministry. This text answers that very objection. Paul, before he was given the knowledge of this mystery of Jesus Christ, was as ignorant as anyone else. But that ignorance that the Apostle Paul had of the mystery of Jesus Christ did not deter God from using him as the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ. God gave unto Paul 
knowledge of that mystery. And so God gives unto every man whom he has called unto the gospel ministry knowledge. To be sure, God no longer is pleased to use direct revelation as he revealed himself directly unto the Apostle Paul by visions and by speaking. But now God is pleased to reveal himself unto us through his word. And so God uses the means of study, the means of seminary instruction, the means of practice preaching as instruments by which young men gradually are built up in the knowledge of God and in the confidence then that they can bring God's word unto his people. And so there might be any here who are considering or struggling with that call into the ministry, but who feel that they do not have a sufficient grasp of the Word of God, be encouraged. God will give that understanding unto you as He sees fit. God gave the knowledge of this mystery unto Paul, and then as well, God revealed this mystery unto the Gentiles. Verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Let us be here a little bit more specific in identifying then what is this mystery that was revealed unto the Gentiles. Earlier, we identified the mystery as being Christ. Jesus is the mystery in his riches and in his glory. But the text gives unto us more in identifying what is this mystery. It gives unto us a specific application of the mystery. And that mystery specifically is identified for us in verses 5 and 6. The mystery, according to these verses, is that God is pleased to take the Gentiles to be fellow heirs of that grace of life that the Gentiles should be of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. The mystery is the fact that those who for thousands of years had been excluded from the church and from the covenant of God, those who earlier were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, those who had no hope, those who were without God in the world, those who were without Jesus Christ, would now have that middle wall of partition be removed and that these aliens of the commonwealth would now be brought into the church and covenant of Jesus Christ. That's the mystery. That the Gentiles would be saved by Jesus Christ. 
Gentiles are those who were unworthy recipients of the promise. Gentiles were those who lived in darkness and who delighted in darkness and who wanted nothing to do with the righteous kingdom of Jesus Christ. Gentiles were those who had despised the gospel. The Gentiles were those who had mistreated God's covenant nation. The Gentiles were those who had loved to walk in paths of wickedness and sin. And the Gentiles include you and me. Those who by nature want nothing to do with Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Those who by nature ought to be excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. The mystery is that you and I as Gentiles are made to be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Who can comprehend that mystery that we are saved? Let us maintain that the mystery, as is described in verses 5 and 6, is the salvation of the Gentiles. The mystery is not, as some would teach it to be, that it is merely an alliance that is formed between Gentiles and Jews. The mystery is not merely that the enmity which formerly existed between Jew and Gentile and which divided them one from another has been removed so that now the Jews and Gentiles can be united as one. The mystery is not merely that Jews and Gentiles would form an earthly partnership. That type of thinking is promoted by many in modern Christianity. They advocate for an outward peace between Jew and Gentile, a shalom, a type of an outward manifestation of unity with Israel. They encourage us to stand with the nation of Israel and defend them. But that is not the mystery of Christ as it is set forth here in this text. The mystery of Christ is the salvation of the Gentiles. That those who are unworthy of having fellowship with God are made to be of the same body and partakers of God's promise. This mystery regarding the salvation of the Gentiles was made known unto them. The fifth verse teaches us about that, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. In other ages, the Apostle Paul says they were, they did, they were ignorant of this reality that it was the will of God to 
bring the Gentiles into his covenant. God did not reveal it as clearly at other times in history. His desire to save from all of the nations of the earth. Until Pentecost, the sons of men were by and large ignorant of that reality. To be sure, there were exceptions. Abraham was told by God that God would make of him a great nation and that God would bring into that covenant from all of the nations of the earth. The psalmist spoke of God's kingdom extending from sea to sea. Psalm 77 indicating that the covenant would be larger than Israel. Isaiah prophesied of the root of Jesse whom the Gentiles would seek. And so it is the case that there were exceptions in the Old Testament where the sons of men had some knowledge that the Gentiles would be included in the church. But for the most part, in other ages, it was not made known unto the sons of men. But a change, a sudden, drastic change occurred at Pentecost. At the time that God poured out upon the New Testament church the Spirit of Jesus Christ, then the Spirit led the church into the truth. And the Spirit led and continues to lead us into the truth that God is pleased to save Gentiles. The church is a Catholic church gathered from all of the nations of the earth. That the Gentiles might be saved, God gave ministers and apostles and prophets as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. See, it was the will of God that the Gentiles know of this mystery. But how would they come to know of the mystery of Christ? That God had to send forth prophets, ministers, so that the Gentiles could know. Almost every verse speaks of this fact that Paul and the apostles were given to know the mystery for the sake of the Gentiles. The first verse, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, why? For you Gentiles. Verse 2, if you Gentiles have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word. And that phrase to you word could be translated on your behalf for your benefit. The dispensation of the grace of God is given me for your advantage, Gentiles. And then the parentheses of verses 3 and 4. 
as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you Gentiles read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. In verses 5 and 6, in other ages it was not made known as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. Why? Verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That's why God sent, sent forth apostles and prophets, so that the Gentiles could be fellow heirs. And then verse 7 begins, whereof, whereof I was made a minister. And that first word, whereof, ties this verse to the previous verse. This is the reason why I was made a minister, so that, previous verse, verse 6, the Gentiles could be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of His promise in Christ. And so verse after verse calls attention to the fact that the Apostle Paul and the other apostles and prophets received the knowledge of the mystery of God, not simply for their own good, but also for the edification and for the salvation of the Gentiles. God gave unto the Gentiles the gift of the Apostle Paul. And so the Apostle was then but an instrument in the Lord's hands. He was a vessel through whom the Lord sent forth the good tidings of great joy. And so may that thought as well be of an encouragement to anyone considering the gospel ministry. What a glorious position that is to be used of the Lord for the salvation of His people. No more noble position on this earth could be given than to be used as the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ by which Jesus Christ addresses His people, the Gentiles, calls them out of darkness, summons them unto Himself irresistibly by His Word. How amazing it is that the Almighty and the transcendent God whose ways are beyond our ways, whose judgments are a mighty deep, is pleased to use earthly, by nature sinful and broken vessels, redeemed by the blood of God's own Son, to speak unto God's people, so that the Gentiles can be fellow heirs of the same body and believe that promise of God, the gospel in Christ. From beginning to end, this text emphasizes the sovereignty of God in revealing this mystery unto the Gentiles. There's no other explanation for how the Apostle Paul could have received the knowledge than that God gave it unto him. Consider who Paul was in his natural state. He was a sinner. 
He was one who opposed Christ and Christianity. Paul was one, according to his own confession, in Acts 23, verse 6, saying, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. And as well, he confessed in Philippians 3, verse 5, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Born and raised an Israelite, it would not have crossed Paul's mind that it would be the will of God to extend his kingdom unto the utmost regions of the earth. The only explanation for how the Apostle Paul came to know this mystery is that God gave it unto him. God, by powerful and irresistible and gracious revelation, gave unto the Apostle Paul this knowledge. God is the one who made Paul a minister. Paul did not make himself a minister, but he confessed, verse verse 7, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me, by the effectual working of His power. God is the one who sent forth the apostles and the prophets unto the other nations of the earth. And God is the one who continues until this day to draw the Gentiles unto Himself by the ministers of the Word. God is the one who until the moment of the return of Jesus Christ will continue giving unto His people the knowledge of the mystery. God is not finished giving unto us the knowledge of the mystery of Christ. There still are yet the unsaved elect. There still are yet those who have been chosen by God in eternity, adopted by God into His family, but have not yet been brought unto the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. The means by which God is pleased to save His people is by the preaching of His Word. Romans 10, verse 14, How shall they call on Him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? More and more, God is pleased to make known unto us the mystery of Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament and other ages, it was not made known unto the sons of men. In the Old Testament, they saw through a glass darkly. They had the law and they had the prophets, but they did not have a clear understanding of this mystery of Jesus Christ. They could not reflect upon the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. But in the New Testament, God gives unto us a fuller, a more complete understanding of the mystery of Christ. God has given unto us the entire canon of the Scriptures. The Word of God from Genesis through Revelation. 
so we might study that full and complete revelation unto, of God unto us, which is sufficient to give unto us a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. God gives unto us as New Testament saints the light of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit so illumines the hearts and the minds of the children of God so that we are given the ability to comprehend the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We who are in the New Testament have the church fathers who have gone before us and who have studied the Word of God. And we can now then stand on the shoulders of these men and learn from what is passed down from generation to generation. Even though God has given to us as New Testament saints a more complete understanding of the mystery of Christ, Yet we confess that for as long as we remain here below, God's pathway is still a mystery. There still are elements of it that we do not understand. We are confronted with difficulties and challenges in our lives which do not make sense to us. But who are we to question the wisdom and the knowledge of God? May God grant us faith. May we walk by faith and not by sight. And let us await eagerly that glorious return of Jesus Christ when our faith will be made sight and we will behold face to face our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father and our God in heaven, we thank Thee that Thou dost give unto us Thy word which addresses the ignorance that by nature is in us, which gives unto us knowledge of Thee and of Thy Son. May Thy Word strengthen us that we might go forth standing for the right. Thou give unto us grace that we might let our light shine before men. Come, Lord Jesus, Come quickly. Amen.